0: Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, wearing his red U.S. Grace Force football jersey, Father Richard Heilman. And we're sure you recognize the man in the middle, the man in the middle with the metal, the man in the middle with the metal. (laughs) The the meddling
1: man. (laughs)
0: That's it. Yes, Father James Altman is with us tonight. And this is our second episode back on YouTube since our four-month suspension has ended and I don't know what we're doing here, Father Heilman. We start off with Jason Jones last week, which was dangerous. And then <laughs> right. we go to Father Altman, which right. is
1: more dangerous.
0: You just it's him, like come, you at me, off again. come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're we're taunting them to, to just yeah, remove yeah. us completely. Anyway, all right. But tonight's gonna be a great topic before we get into this, though. Of course, everything needs to begin with prayer. And Father Heilman, we always refer to you.
1: Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, Doug, before you get into it, this popped in my head. I had another place uh, I'm going to be giving a talk at. uh, I won't name it because I have a few coming up. But I'm introduced again as a frequent guest on the Grace Force podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the third time I've seen that. I'm a frequent guest on the Grace Force podcast. Yeah. so Which is thought interesting. Yeah, I thought I'd throw that in. So You started the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, which, by the <laughs> way, well, we I did. did.
0: Well, I know, but you contacted me, you know, over three uh, years ago and said, Hey, you want to do a podcast? So actually for the audience, August 14th is our three-year anniversary.
1: Yep. The feast of St. Maximin and Colby. Yep. That's yeah. fantastic. And, um, I think you
0: said, Father Heilman, this is our 150th episode tonight, episode tonight, tonight
1: is the 150th. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So a Very great nice. time for everybody to donate to the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a link down below. <laughs> yeah, there is the Patreon link. That actually yeah. is
0: a huge help. We have actually yeah. lost... Some of our supporters and donors, just so the audience knows. Yeah, I mean, it's been tough. Our four-month off of
1: YouTube, we lost. uh, Yeah, I think uh, that was
0: a big part of it, yeah. yeah. I don't um,
2: think I'm not. Hey, when you say you lost it, did they erase all the previous stuff, or did they just let you not put new stuff on?
0: Yeah, they just wouldn't let us upload anything. Okay. Yeah, so all the old stuff is still out there on the U.S. Grace Force YouTube channel. But, yeah, nothing for the last four months. We've been on Rumble. Yeah. um but you know it's just not nearly as popular as youtube and a lot of people just don't they don't transition over there so i
1: think people are afraid to use other formats too with all the nefarious stuff going on you know
0: <sighs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean yeah tr- trust in the you know in this world in the cyber world is a tough one anymore yeah. you know for good reasons so um but yeah we got father altman on tonight and father this is going to be great masculine strength is enticing yep. and i know we're kicking around ideas beforehand and And I was thinking about, as we were talking about this, that line from uh, Gladiator, where Proximo, who is, he's he's actually, he owns Gladiators, and he's trying to get them ready for for their time in the arena. And there's this scene where you hear the crowd cheering and stomping, and, and he's walking around talking to the Gladiators, and he's saying, you know, some of you are afraid you can't fight, you know, some of you won't fight, you know, until you get out there and you hear the crowd. And he's giving this rousing talk. And he's got this sword in his hand, you know, and you'll you, you plunge this into another man. And it's all this really gritty, tough, difficult talk, right? Challenging. And then he says, ultimately, we're all dead men. It's just a matter of how we die and whether or not we are remembered as men.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's a great line. And it's that's the moment that Russell Crowe's character, Maximus, decides... Okay, now I'm gonna fight because up to this point he hasn't wanted to fight because his wife and kid had been killed, you know, by the corrupt government. <clears throat> hmm, interesting. Yeah. And they wanted to remove him and destroy him as well. Um, he survived. He ends up now a gladiator, and he's ready to now battle because he wants to be ultimately, it appears, remembered as a man. And it's a, it's just a great opening for what we're talking about here. Oh, Father Holman, you were pretty worked up when you and I were talking about this yeah. yesterday. About just the frustration over what in the world is going yeah. on and why strength is not something that we're we we're, we're, we're crying out for, but Right. strength is enticing. It's a, it's attractive. It's appealing.
2: Can I yeah. can I just yeah 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 jump in? Because I've been a little confused lately because we can't seem to figure out that question. Answer the question: What is a woman? So you no. keep bringing up this yeah right. What is a man? And I'm thinking, do yeah. we even know? But
1: yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Sorry,
2: that just popped into my head. Yeah, right. I'm just thinking, isn't, and isn't that then the problem? If we don't yep. know what a woman is and we don't know what a man is, yep. how are we supposed to even talk about the masculinity that God created, the gender differences of the two genders God created? Right. Man's created 50 more, but God created two. Right. Uh, how are we supposed to discuss masculine, man, manliness, manhood? I know uh in, in this crazy culture in which we're in yeah so I just yeah. sorry so that I just came up through that in at the, there
0: at the time we're recording this that came up today in some i don't know senator congressional conversation i didn't get all i just saw the headline of josh hawley and he was uh, debating some law professor and they were discussing uh, women's rights the whole roe v wade i mean they the culture of death is not letting this go obviously right. they're trying right. to shove it down our throats and force it on us uh, the whole abortion, you know, the sacrament of abortion for the left, on the, the, you know the culture of death, and in the conversation, Josh Hawley asks the law professor this woman who, about who can give birth, and she re- makes some statements, some one of these obscure sort of. I heard that. You know, well, this it's,
1: and that, and the,
0: yeah, yeah, the transgenders uh, and this, and Josh <laughs> says, now, wait, wait a minute," and then she responds to him because he said, "Now, wait, I thought it's supposed to be just a woman." And how then can anybody else declare they understand women's rights and back and forth? And she says, your line of questioning is opening up violence. Okay. It's going to create violence against uh, you know, transgender and this and that because it's a transphobic sort of thing. And and really, even in a situation like this, what you just said, Father Altman, is, is absolutely on is spot on because you can't even have the debate. And he even said, so that we can't even talk about this? Okay, you're saying we can't even discuss this now right. because we can't understand. Or agree upon the definition right. of who can actually get pregnant. That was the main question: who right. can get pregnant? Right. So yeah, the whole thing is, it's. I mean, we we are really off the rails okay. on this stuff. Can I
2: just say that that the hypocrisy, which is it's it's had to be used so many times that it loses almost its meaning, but I don't know how much greater hip hip hypocritical these vermin, left godless vermin, can be than to deny the science. Because the science, we solve this whole problem very easily. I've said it before, you've heard me say it. You go to the bathroom, you have XX on one door and XY on the other. And that has solved the entire problem because that is science. Science says you're either XX or you're XY, and that is it, there are only two. Yeah. So uh, this whole, what is a woman, starts with if you can't, agree that XX is a woman and XY is a man, if you can't agree to that, get out. You're a filthy liar. There's a commandment. You're bearing false witness against people. Almighty God said something about this. It's a commandment and it counts. Admit that. Yeah.
1: You know, Father, I, I, I want to pick up right after what you just did there. So this morning's, re- well, the readings lately, I mean, uh, it's just that he looked around there like sheep without a shepherd. Um, I pointed out John 10.10, which uh, was the, um, uh, somebody pointed out, and I thought it was very interesting that the Roe v. Wade decision came out at 10.10 a.m. Central Time, and then we went to John 10.10, and that particular reading was, um, uh, I came that they may have life and have it in abundance, right? But the wolves, they, they, they come to... Kill and destroy, right? I came that they may have life and have abundance. But then it goes on to talk about I am the good shepherd and, and also gets into, but there are those that are hirelings. And uh, th- that particular homily that I gave on that, uh, I think it was the day after Roe v. Wade, a church militant picked it up and some other people commented on it. but uh, But in there, I just talked about, you know, I, I believe. That and this goes to the title of our, our uh, podcast tonight. I believe that that masculine strength is actually enticing. I was I was uh, driving by an evangelical church, I think a couple days ago, and I, I just started reflecting. I'm going, what would draw them to the Catholic faith? And is it that we're a little bit more formal than they are when we worship, or what? And of course, you know, we want to see the Eucharist. But I mean, if we're showing up in, in torn jeans and a t shirt and grabbing the host like a potato chip, and we got these these uh, these milly mouth, uh sermons, you know, uh, and this uh, this cutesy songs, you know, like child childish songs or you know Broadway musicals or you know what, what, what's what's to attract? Always, 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 the Catholic faith has been strong, firm in their in 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 presenting the truth. To people in a culture in a world that has constantly, I think it's ramped up maybe in, in, like never before. It's historic right now, where it's trying to destroy the truth, right? So n- maybe more than any other time, we need the truth. But throughout history, this truth, this the the Catholic Church has been strong and firm, and and well, and this is where I get to you, Father. Is um, right now the era or the environment or whatever you want to call it that we're living in right now is that you know you can't it's not what you say it's how you say it and and we don't want to offend and we don't want to you know divide and 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 i always put it this way we don't want to offend the wolves you know we don't want the wolves to be offended and 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 in reality now i'm gonna go to this morning's reading okay we're taping this the day before all right ready for this jesus began and reproach the towns where most of the mighty deeds have been done since they had not repented. And and there's exclamation points, so I'm going to I'm gonna read this like I believe Jesus spoke it. Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in tired and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in, in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sada, S- uh, Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And as you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will go down to the netherworld. For if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, it would be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. You tell me. You tell me that Jesus didn't say it with that tone. Okay? And, and, and to, 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 to to what? To show that he is absolutely dedicated to the truth, and we need to be to. We got to be clear, and we got to be strong in in professing the truth. We may have been professing the truth. Maybe we got a little pamphlet, maybe we got a little you know email or something, and maybe maybe there was something nice said in the in the sermon on Sunday. You know what I'm saying here, you know. But people walk away from that, and they go, well, you know. I I get what they're saying, but, you know, they don't seem really making a big deal out of it. So I can pretty much believe what I want. I can pretty much do what I want. I can, you know, I don't have to, you know, and and then it gets into the whole whole thing where they go, you know what? I don't even have to go to church because, you know, I don't have to prove my love to God. Do you see what I'm saying here? Father, can you react to that? Because I I, I actually, without naming your name, I pointed to you. (laughs) In my homily, because everybody knew who I was talking about, but you know, they're canceling priests for being as forceful as I just was yeah. reading that reading yeah. uh, from this morning. Yeah, that yeah. came from father, Christ Himself. Yeah, yeah. from yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. the Son of God Himself. And we can go back. You will be hated by all, father yeah. against sons. You know, children rise against their their, their and have them killed. You tell me, you know, that, uh, the, the, and then I'm going to end with this. I feel fortunate. We're living in the participation trophy era. Okay. Where we can't offend anybody and nobody can have their hurt, their feelings hurt. I feel fortunate. I had a masculine dad and you know what? You know, he made memories for us. He was awesome. He was joyful. He was that, but you know what? If we got out of line, he let us have it. He was our coach, too, a lot of times. And I had amazing coaches, too. And you know what? I never felt more loved than by that dad and those coaches because they, they, they cared that much about me to be that forceful about the truth and, and setting me straight.
2: Right. Amen. Amen, I'll, brother. I'll, I'll respond to that. Yeah. Well, I, first, let me just mention Brett Favre. Because he was kind of a famous person here in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, I just saw Tucker Carlson did an interview with him, and he was talking about his dad, who was his coach. Just like you were talking about, your dad is your coach. And the fact is, men beget men. Yeah, pansies beget pansies. Right. And and here's the problem: they have redefined. Well, first of all, I think it was Pope Benedict said this. He said um, that the political correctness. Is from hell yep. it is diabolical. I think that's the word he used is diabolical. And, and it is because when we have leaders in the church and you all know who they are and, and when they go after, uh, I think I can say Cordelia Leon who, who told Nancy Pelosi until you repent, you cannot come to Holy communion Right. and you have leaders in the church saying yep. that he's not being pastoral yeah and when you have leaders in the church pretty much at most or all levels saying that uh you got to be pastoral for joe biden and i'm thinking wait to nancy pelosi for 35 years she's been promoting the murder of babies right and how about we be a little bit pastoral to the ten thousand babies who are chopped every Saturday. Amen, How brother. How about we be a little pastoral to the mothers whose lives are forever changed and who will regret that decision? Ninety-seven percent of three—I think it's percent of them—because seven percent refuse to admit that they murdered their baby, because then it would strike to the very core of their being as God created them. Ninety-three percent of the women are harmed physically and spiritually right. by this. How about if we be a little bit more pastoral to them? Yep. Yeah. No. Don't. Pastoral is when your kid's playing in the street and you holler at them and say, get out of the street before you get hit by a car, right? That's a pastoral thing to do. A pastoral thing is when you're getting yourself into trouble and and your parent punishes you because you're misbehaving to teach you. I'm going to punish you in a little way now so that you don't be an idiot later on and get sent off to prison. That's pastoral. Pastoral is tough love. Pastoral is correcting people in error. It is not pastoral Yes, not tell them the truth. And you know who said this best? Penn Jillette. you know that he's an atheist and you probably heard me say this before, but Penn Jillette said, how much do you have to hate me to think that if I don't change my ways, I'm going to burn in hell for eternity. How much do you have to hate me to think that and not tell me? He says, I'm not going to believe you, but at least I'll respect you for loving me right. enough to try to help me avoid hell. Right. Right. So this whole business about pastoral, they have taken the definition of pastoral that was there for 4,000 years since Abraham, and they have changed it in the last 50 years to a lie. They have made right and wrong and wrong and right. They flipped it upside down, and they are being the least pastoral people on this face of this planet, these leaders in the church. They are false leaders, false shepherds, and they will burn in hell, and the most pastoral thing I can do is actually call them out on it and name their names and tell them exactly who they are and tell them exactly where they're going if they don't straighten up and repent and then make their repentance public because their lack of pastoral leadership has put eternal souls into, the, into hell.
1: Yes. You know, I, I want to, uh, Doug, I know you want to jump in here, but I just <laughs> yeah, want to say ahead. this. I just want to say this. I feel loved because of what you just said, F- Father. And I know, I know souls are out there that feel loved. Because of what you just said, and most especially how you just said it, it th- again I want everybody to remember: Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Beseda! You know, r- right? Amen. And it, it's, it'll be better for Sodom than for you. You know, and that's that's Jesus Christ. No one can love more perfectly than Jesus Christ, and yet He did this. He said, "If your eyes a problem, gouge it out. If your hands a problem, cut it off. It'd be better." To, to survive hell or I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, To, to, to go to heaven with one eye than to hell with, with two, you know, but the point is, is that, is that that's what we're talking about right now. This is the piece that's missing right now is that, and, and I, I always go, our great grandparents, our great, great grandparents, they got this from spiritual leaders in spades. They, they got it all the time. And, because there was a real love. They weren't hirelings. They weren't looking at the bottom line. They weren't looking at people like they're expendable, okay? Uh, I I look at this, listen, the, 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 the shepherds of our church are looking on, watching the wolves chomping on the sheep, devouring them, and, and saying, if we dare try to say anything, the wolves might get ex- upset. I am so sick and tired of it. And I am so grateful for you, Father Altman, and and great shepherds like you who are willing to, to, to be, and here's the title of our program again, that masculine strength that that expresses a true love, a true love. Okay, not a a, uh, a trying to protect my brand and trying to get people to like me. Right? I mean, I did, you know, or or uh, or we might offend someone and lose, uh, you know, ten bucks a week in the collection But, You know, I'm so sick of it. You know, uh, Father Father Packman's been talking lately about how we've turned our churches into stores. You know. They're 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 like marketplaces, marketplaces that it, where again you're looking at the bottom line and 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 people are are just you know they're consumers and I don't know but um, I, I I just had to pop in there and just say I I I I feel it like so many others feel it Father when you and others like you uh, like Jesus Christ woe to you Corazon, it would be better for Sodom than for you right. Uh, the, when they are clear, and strong, and masculine, in in, in 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 barking at the wolves, but also in warning the sheep. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Well, we're just we're just talking like Jesus, like you said. Exactly. And, and when you look at like Matthew twenty three, the seven times he condemned the scribes and Pharisees. When, and woe to you. That's our polite language. It really means damned are you. And when you say yeah. it seven times, it means eternally, infinitely damned. Right. He said the shepherds of the church back then were right. the ones he was damning. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For for yeah. letting the wolves devour the sheep. Exactly. Yeah. I. I, I Standing by and letting
0: that. the wolves devour the sheep. What? I just have to say that I, I'm going to have to edit some of this out because the manner and tone of both of <laughs> you is just a little over the top. I, I just I don't feel comfortable with this. People are going to be uncomfortable, and yeah. you know,
1: I, Doug, I, you're I mean, a big snowflake.
0: Well, I, you know, guys, I, you know, I'm just thinking about my youth group days when you know we sang Kumbaya, we had pizza parties, and played volleyball, and that that seemed to keep us all in the. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it didn't actually. No, it didn't. Now that I think about it, it didn't really do a lot of good. No, no it makes me think about, you know, what you do when you love someone who's an addict. And, and right. I, I'm speaking from experience because my father was an alcoholic Now he died 30 years ago from a massive heart attack due to alcoholism. We waited too long before we did an intervention. Right, And an intervention is when the family gets together, you get the employer there, you get counselors, you get anybody you can together and you confront the addict and you say, we love you enough to make you incredibly uncomfortable, but we also need to lay down the law and there's an ultimatum here. Go into treatment right now, 30 day in treatment. We got your bags packed. Your boss knows about it. We're set to take you. Or the family's got to basically... Kind of ostracize you. I mean, it's a tough move. It is what's called tough love. Right. Now, my father didn't do it. What he a said, great. Analogy. I don't need he said, I don't need this help. I can do it on my own. And roughly eight months later, he had a massive heart attack and died. Wow. We did wait too long. His body was so destroyed. He died at I'm 57. I think he died at 56. So I've outlived my dad already. So we're talking about loving someone enough to say that your life is on the line because of the way you're behaving and we will intervene. Now, anybody in their right mind would think, yeah, you do that when you love somebody. If they're a drug addict, an alcoholic, if they're killing themselves, you get in there and do something. But spiritually speaking, why do we sidestep it then? Why, why do people think, well, we don't want to be, make somebody uncomfortable. So we're not going to say these things a certain way. I think about the words of John the Baptist, when you look at what's recorded in scripture and so much of what he says is about crying out to the church leaders of the time, you know, show proof of your repentance. You know, you brood of vipers, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, show proof of the repentance. And he's the one that Jesus says is the greatest man ever born of woman. Yep. So if Christ himself refers to John the Baptist, who was known to have a mouth on him that really called it out like it is, yep. and he says he's the greatest man ever born of woman, you'd think we'd connect these dots and realize that the the, the Nancy-pantsy sort of, Nancy-pastor <laughs> is what I was trying to say, sort of approach and I like what you said Father Altman men beget men and sissies beget sissies. Yeah. We've sissified, we've emasculated, we've feminized so much. And even the ladies out there have become so politically correct in some areas. They've a lot of women out there and God bless you women, but a lot of you women have neutered the men in your lives. You know, you you've wanted them to be nice Christian men, not bold in love with God Christian men to the point where they're unafraid to take the shots, unafraid to get kicked in the ribs, unafraid to lay their life down. Ladies, you've gotta build up the men in your lives and help them be true masculine men. It's just, it's essential right now. can
2: can I say, Doug? Yeah, jump in. You keep using terms that I find confusing. And you started with John the Baptist. As you said, Jesus said, that John is the greatest man born of woman. So right away I'm confused. Because yeah. I don't know the definitions for those two things. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah, you're and, right,
0: you're right. And these then,
2: are different these days. And then here's something that I think it all pays us to ponder. And that said, okay, John did call out the scribes and Pharisees, the Sanhedrin. He called the Sanhedrin out. He called them a brood of vipers. And he said, show some fruit of your repentance. And know that nowhere in the gospel did they ever show a single fruit of a single repentance. Not once. There's not one scene in the gospel where they listened to what John did and then watch. And this is how you know they didn't because there is the greatest man born a woman, right? He, Herod arrested him. And those, those filthy leaders in Jesus's day didn't speak up and say boo to Herod, the government leader, about okay. the fact that they arrested the greatest religious leader up until Jesus, the greatest okay. man, man born of woman, about which I, you obviously know I was joking. But, and then, and then worse than that, then Herod kills him. He murders John the Baptist. And you don't see one single, what would be the bishops of that day, say one thing about this murder, this heinous crime that Herod committed against John the Baptist. Right. And and so what is, it? look, they were that bad in Jesus' day, why do we think they're any better in our day? Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Well, there's my, a. There's, I, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, there's a man crisis. I mean, I was uh, I was pointing again this morning of uh, in my sermon to um, the streets on fire in twenty twenty uh, in twenty twenty and some yeah. in twenty twenty one. But uh, but what was it? It was a big temper tantrum, and and w- one of the things I talked about was, you know, I tried that tactic when I was a little kid, and I told the story when. Uh, I was over where where my mom was folding laundry by the laundry machine and uh, I had a big temper tantrum and she, she stopped it. She said, look, I'm, I'm folding your laundry. I I cook your meals. And she listed all this stuff. And I looked up to her and I went, you have to do that. Okay. I think she tanned (laughs) my bottom pretty good. (laughs) Right. But I learned right then that that tactic didn't work. Right. It didn't work with any of my parents to And they taught me that early on. You know what's going on right now? Parents aren't teaching their kids that. You know what? We we, we don't want you to have a participation, or we don't want you to have a temper tantrum, so here's a participation trophy, right? That's what's going on right now. And temper tantrums are working in our culture right now because there's not a strong voice or voices standing up and going, no,
2: no. It's worse than that, Father. It's worse than that. You have democratic leaders saying, yes, yes, do more yeah. of it. You have the do leaders more on, temper the, tantrums on the, because the it's working. left encouraging it. Yeah, because it's working.
1: Because it's working. It's working. Just and like and I, bl- I blame, uh, I, I blame uh, the conservatives who are, are afraid to speak up, but, but I always point to the spiritual leaders. I go, lead, leaders, lead, 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 right? Mm. You're yeah. called to lead. If you're not leading with strength, and conviction, okay, and, and, and confidence in the truth that you speak that comes across, sorry, for certain bishops, all right, uh, with a certain tone, okay, and manner, right? Um, you got, you got uh, turned away be- not because of what you said, it was be- because of how you said it. Right. Because, you know what, Father, it was, and here's the narrative they're using it was toxic masculinity, (laughs) right? I mean, but you might offend the wolves and the wolves might get offended, but, but the, the, those who love the Lord were cheering and saying, where's this ban? Thank you, father. I feel your love. I feel your love. And that's what everybody's been saying ever since, you know, you're, you're, you're shouting from the rooftops. uh, I actually, like the video where you actually got up on your rooftop that one time, but but yeah. but, but you are your Jesus said, What you hear, I, I speak in the dark, is shout from the housetops, right? Yeah. Shout from the housetops, and 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 Jesus modeled it, John the Baptist modeled it, Jesus modeled it, right? They both end
2: up, they both end up dead, though. Just saying, just throwing that yeah, out right.
1: there, yeah. <laughs> well, you got to be willing to die, or you, you got to be willing to put That's your priesthood a, on the line. A man is a real and, man, and you—you and you loved so much, you put your priesthood on the line. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of love, and I know it's all love. I—I—I've I, never met a more humble man than this man. I'm sorry, I'm making your bed all big sure. on you're our be, podcast you're being too here, but—but uh, but but I've might never met—I've never I've met a, a more sooner. humble man than you I can ever. Tell you that. Yeah, and uh. And a more loving man, and and that's uh, you. You know, like few do, that we got to be shouting right now. We got to be shouting because evil is so aggressive and so arrogant. Yeah. And and just, why? Because nobody's speaking up. And and what are you doing, Father? You're going no, no. Look what they're doing. Sure. You they can't do that. And, and don't don't fall prey to their indoctrination. They're training people like dogs to be, you know, a, a selfish, uh, uh, ha- having their uh, temper tantrum p- participation trophy. We're being trained like dogs to do that. No, you can't do that. We got to be strong. You got to carry your cross. The world is narrow, not wide. You know, all this stuff, you know, that the, the is, is who we are. And that, again, gets back to the title, we believe this masculine strength is enticing. And so when I pass by that evangelical church, you know, you know what's going to get them coming running? When we start uh, believing and speaking with strength, and they're going to go, where has this been? Give me more. We want more of this because the devil is winning because we're a bunch of uh, hireling wimps. That are afraid I, to offend anybody
2: can i throw something in there yeah. on that point exactly so i when we were talking beforehand i was mentioning that i was down in virginia beach at this huge conference that general flynn had uh, arranged that was probably 95 98 percent protestants and there i walked up looking like, like a catholic priest like a real catholic priest and um one of the days i had to talk to 300 catholic or uh, 300 protestant pastors and and they were cheering and and afterward thanking me because they said why why isn't why aren't the pastors of the Catholic Church why haven't we heard this before from the Catholic Church yeah yeah that we know eighty eight percent are sorority sisters so that's yeah. why and yeah. the other twelve percent won't correct the eighty eight percent right then then the next day there was is one of those Protestant megachurches but I, see I how attractive from. that was how enticing that was oh but, but those yeah. were pastors so that that had a, the where the the gumption. To try to um, uh, be together, strengthen—not so much strengthen numbers, but to inspire each other—and that was the whole message: inspire each other to speak boldly on the right. truth that, of what's going on in the world today. And then the next day, we're for the people, and so there's close to, I think, three thousand people in this in this mega church again, vast majority Protestants, and and they announced me coming out, and there was this huge cheer, people standing and, and clapping and, and then after I spoke too, but, uh, I pointed to the evil people on the one side of the screen. I, I told you this beforehand and that included, um, Klaus Schwab and it included, um, who's that guy, George Soros and Zuckerberg and Barack Hussein Obama. And, um, and I, and I called them They're they are evil to the core and, and, uh, spoke very boldly, right? but also with great love right deepest love and and they they standing ovation again at the end they were cheering protestants yeah. and, and and then afterwards you, the crowds you everybody said the exact same thing like why haven't we heard a Catholic where has this bed where has it been you yeah can, where is this been yeah yeah go, why me why is it It's I said to Bishop callahan why is anybody listening to me why aren't they listening I, to you what right. aren't you saying
1: and, that and the cheer i i I might be wrong but I don't think I am the cheer is like where has this been? This is yeah, amazing. This we need more of this, you know, Exactly. Yeah, look exactly. at what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. Why are, why aren't we shouting from the rooftops? Why aren't we warning people with strength, with masculine strength, like a good coach, like a great dad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, wow.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, Father uh, Altman, uh, about that event. You're, you're doing more where you're, you're really crossing different lines more and more now. Um, is this yeah. becoming more common that you're not just in Catholic settings?
2: Every, everywhere I go, this was, this was more particularly, I think, focused more on Protestants and, and all about reclaiming America mm. uh, through God and through faith. Uh, So when I talked about how in 1963, these godless vermin on the Supreme Court said it's no longer, it's not constitutional to pray in public schools, even though it it was perfectly constitutional for the first 174 years. These people want to reclaim the right, their birthright, their constitutional right to pray in public schools like they're supposed to. After all, it is their money that's paying for those schools. So... uh, people deeply motivated because because they see the, the country and the world falling apart all around them. So they're motivated now to step up and do something about it. Instead of being, you know, at some point, your eyes do have to open and say, and say what's going on. But everywhere I go, which seems to be a lot of places these days, there are Protestants there who say the exact same thing. Why, why aren't we, thank you. Why aren't more people, more priests, more bishops speaking like you? Right. And why aren't they speaking the truth boldly like you? That's in essence, that's their job. The temper tantrum is winning. Yeah. The
1: mob, right? And yeah. and and they're doing the temper tantrum, burning the streets, looting the family businesses, and all this stuff. Yeah. And we're told to 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 not be political, to, right. to not be divisive. Uh, uh, to, to you can't not be political use, unless it watch fits. our manner and tone. Yeah. Okay? Unless it's
2: climate change.
1: Unless yeah, it's, right. you right? Know, yeah. Windmills. We're told we're told to, to tone it down. Because we might offend people, right? That, that's where we are right now. Right. And, and, and so mention, the reaction you're getting from people like this, and I, I was at that thing in Beloit with you, and, and I saw the reaction there too. I mean, their, their hearts were just pounding with love because they felt the love. They felt real love for the first time instead of being treated like a customer at a store and being expendable and, and you know, you got to look at the, I am so tired of it. The hirelings, that, the hirelings that we have right now instead of shepherds. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. But, but but and we can't burn down streets. We can't loot mom and pop shops. We can't use that tactic. But I'll tell you the tactic we can to, to use is the tactic of John the Baptist and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, Bethsaida. It would be better for Sedan. You know, it, it's... It, they were out there in the face, like every great dad and every great coach has been for all of history, right? Every great general, right? A commander in the military that 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 was able to to be strong enough to get people's to say, "Okay, this is serious. I got to take this seriously because of your tone and manner," right?
2: Right, and uh, it's so you know what. Can I just say that uh, the 14-year-old boy in Mexico, San Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, who was tortured to disavow his faith, who had his feet sliced and walked to the grave, still encouraged to disavow his faith and refused, Viva Cristo Rey. So they started bayoneting him. He fell into the, first he, he draws the cross in his own blood Falls into the grave and then they shoot him to, to finish him off. Uh, where are those people today? Right. Uh, in our culture, in our episcopacy, right. In right to the top, where are right. those people that would be willing for the faith, right? To stand up and say, no, viva Cristo Rey. Right. Yeah.
1: In other words, uh, instead, it's, well, if we deny some of the most powerful influencers in our culture communion because they are not only advocating abortion, but uh, attacking those who are for uh, sparing the life. Okay. If we deny them communion, th- that will be offensive. That will be o- divisive. I mean, I, we need I men know. and we it need just them now. Feel dirty. We, need, we, we need men and we need them now. Doug? Yeah.
0: No, this has been great watching you two go back and forth. In the last
1: minutes. <laughs> Sorry,
0: no, because you're you're both. Don't right. get me started. Couple, no, we got a couple of priests out here who are just. I mean, you're on fire, and you're. I mean, I feel the same way. In as a husband and father, you know. Yes. As, a, as a layman, and, and, and I know
1: you're it. tough with your kids, and I know you, the, your kids know you love them dearly.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I was, I was, you know, we'd watch movies and we'd do fun things together, but I would tell them I can shift gears
1: immediately. Exactly.
0: And I have memory makers.
1: Uh, Dads are great memory makers. You know, let's, let's celebrate life. But if you get out of line, watch out. But I also,
0: I also told my kids this, I said, I want you never to forget this, that no one will fight harder for you. No one will go through walls for you. No one will jump in front of moving trains for you faster or, or more regularly than I will. Yeah. Um, and you know, now my daughter's married and she married a great husband and, and the man, the man would do the same for her. And now that, that job has been shifted to him obviously. But, but even now when my kids need something, I mean, middle of the night, whenever it is, I will move, I will move, 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 move to get to them, to help them in some way. But the ma- best way I can help them is by helping them be strong in these different areas, that strength that is so attractive. And I think a big part of the strength that we're talking about, because I don't want the audience to misunderstand, we're not talking about just this, this tough guy grit sort of thing, but we're talking about the interior strength that expresses itself in moments of a tough guy sort of grit, but it's the immovable interior strength. And that's what you two are keying on so much here the truth, immovable and relentless about the truth. And that will express in different ways for different people in different areas of their life. But there is zero question that we're called to this kind of strength. I mean, anybody who looks at the saints and realizes that strength of character, that immovable strength, that relentless for God's strength, that is always the most appealing out there. Who in their right mind is impressed by somebody who has this kind of, you know whatever kind of go with the with the with the times whatever way the wind blows no one's impressed with that right no one ultimately craves that in a relationship you don't whether it's friendship or family marriage whatever you don't want that kind of easily wavering friendship i right. love the discourse on the bread of life one thing that you know we hear this this whole passage the discourse when Jesus says amen amen i say unto you unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no life in you and then at verse 66 of John chapter 6 666 they they will not remain with him any longer and he turns to the others and he says you know he could have said hey you know what maybe i wasn't nice enough my my tone right? and manner just wasn't yeah. wasn't presentable i what do i do let's take a let's take a poll and a survey and find out what really would work he doesn't he turns and he says are you going to leave me as well And, you know, there's this this response from Peter, of course, where else would we go? But I I look at that sometimes as Jesus saying to them, do you have the strength and the grit to stand in the gap, in the thick of the battle, when things get so overwhelming, when you're canceled, when they ignore you, when they put you to death, will you still stand? Do you have the strength
2: for that?
0: And any of us who were looking at that passage were thinking, Oh yeah. Look at them. They stood strong. Where else are we going to go? We're impressed by that. Okay. What does that say? Exactly what the title of this program is. Strength is enticing. We are drawn to those people that would say to Jesus, yes, Lord, I will stand with you in these moments. And I see that with both of you. I mean, both of you are, are preaching hard and fast from the pulpit on this. You know and i've known you both for many years now before you both became so popular i like to say <laughs> i knew you before you were so
2: cool whatever <laughs> oh gosh hey doug can yeah. i just say uh why this topic is is so incredibly important for us this very day uh and it's god's providence that has arranged it all um i mean you called me i was in the airport yesterday and mm-hmm. i couldn't it was just lucky I could be God's providence, not lucky. I was blessed to be here today. Is uh, for what I also was reaffirmed in when I was down in Virginia, that uh, everybody that I taught to one end of this country to the other, up and down, east and west, uh, the people that know, know that hell's coming. And if we want to know what hell looks like, your movie, which is so, uh, I was so blessed to be there. Mm. with the people in that doomed to repeat it and and i'm talking to people everywhere building it up watch this you have to watch this i send it out to i don't know how many people watch this movie because that history is repeating itself right here in america Mm. and around the globe i'm just staggered by as far away places as sri lanka the exact same thing has happened where Mm -hmm. a prosperous country in the space of the last year and a half has been destroyed by these globalists that yep. what happened in Cuba, and, and there I sat in the room with two of those people that were kids then, is exactly what's happening in our country right now. Yep. And, and this topic mm. is men are gonna have to stand up and be men. That's what they were talking about, all those uh, Virginians back then, like yep. Patrick Henry. Uh, <laughs> give me liberty or give me death.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: the time has come, your family, it is now. And, now. and be ready and fasten your seat belts, but prepare. Because we are doomed to repeat it. It's, it's the, the, the big statement came out of this past weekend was. That it's too late. It's here, it's coming. You can't stop it. Just get ready. Uh, and that's something that you've been talking about being battle ready for all these, these years. Now you saw it coming too. Mm-hmm. That we better have shepherds that'll lead us in this and they're uh, sadly few and far between, but yep. uh, I could you couldn't have a more providential time to have this show with everything that we've discussed than right now, because. It's coming, and it's almost—it's almost upon us in its fullness right now.
1: I always say too that um, evil is evil, and you know it's going to do what it's going to do. But why is it uh, finding it so easy to gain entry? Yeah, because the shepherds sit and watch the wolves devour the sheep. Yes, and then what they'll do is they will cancel any other shepherd who dares bark at the wolves and, and raise their voice and use manner and tone to get the seriousness of the matter across, because these are historic times right now. Hell's coming. Yeah. Because the shepherds stood by and watched and did nothing. A a pamphlet at best, uh, you know, little check-the-box token efforts at best. Uh, we need more Father Altman's in the world. Uh, I I just pray that this church shifts in the direction it needs to go, and that is a show of strength. Uh, our diocese, along with many other dioceses, is looking at have, having to redo our parishes because of lack of priests. And, I, and I'll tell you this, this has popped into my head. In 2004, we got a new bishop, Bishop Morlino. When he came into our diocese, we had four guys studying in all of eight years of seminary training. Four guys studying, okay? In less than 10 years, we had 33 men studying. And do you know why? He was in the newspaper almost every other day because he was such a threat by his truth. And it was raw truth, Okay. That he spoke and it was enticing and the churches started to fill up and 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 people were longing and then right around that time pope benedict came in because john paul ii had become strong in his last part of his pontificate because he had the mother angelica ewtn behind him i i, I could go through a whole thing of what i've observed but but uh, we went from four guys to 33 almost overnight only because okay, we need to take this seriously. I get that because of your unabashed truth, Bishop Morlino. And, and yes, he was he was the, the Trump of the Madison area uh, for the local uh, secular media. Oh, they had to destroy him. They had to destroy him because he was too truthful, right? And there's a lot of people to this day that hate Bishop Morlino because they were trained like dogs to hate him. Mm-hmm. Like our past president was trained, uh, like the, the media trained people to hate our past president. Yeah. I'm just saying, we need we need strength like we've never needed it before so that the, the arrogant evil that is just waltzing in does no, no longer feels like it has an opening any longer. Yeah, I,
0: I want to jump in real quick on something, too. I, I mean, you're so right about that, Father. And, and fa- what Father Altman, you said earlier, I, I, I think something for the audience maybe that you said that I, I wanted to see if you can clarify. And by the way, before I ask this, yeah. um, thank you so much for your, your encouraging words on the film, Do Me To Repeat It. Um, okay.
2: I, honestly, that is the most profound movie outside of For Greater Glory that I have seen in the last decade. Well, thank
1: you. It's really you. good. It is. means a lot. It is. And, and necessary for right now. Well, and, you know, and when we started
0: it 13 months ago, almost 14 months ago, announced that we were going to do it, it it shifted and changed over the year because things in the world shifted and changed over the year. And we were so blessed to find these two, as you, as you mentioned, these two Cuban refugees, they're in their eighties. Now they were children when this happened and unbelievable to hear them tell the story of what they went through. Um, And they were there the night at the premiere a couple of weeks ago. I did not know that.
2: And then all of a sudden you had this panel up there and I thought, that's them yeah wow yeah.
0: and and and, and what they say about what's happening in our country and other parts of our world, I mean they live through it and right. and people need to understand that when those kids were sent, the Peter Pan uh, operation Peter Pan, where the Catholic Church worked with the US government to get over 14,000 children out of out of Cuba for a couple of years, and then other people, other refugees, they came to the US because the US still had that something that said we will fight for what's good, holy, true, and free. The problem now is that we've reached a point, and this kind of leads to my question to you, Father Altman, about something you had just said a moment ago. But we're at a point now where if if the U.S. goes down, where would we go? I mean, where do you flee to, if you think about it that way? A country that would have a government that had the potential, imperfect at times, no question – But still, is built in a way that gives the potential for it to become amazing and reach so many people and affect so many people in the world. Not to mention the resources that we have in this country. There's so many pieces of the puzzle that God gave the United States that we have to stand up for, protect, and defend. Now that being said, Father Altman, you made a comment about this conference you were just recently at in Virginia, and they—you heard in general—they were saying, if I'm not mistaken, that. It's not as if this is coming. It's already here. It's already happening. People need to just gear up and get ready for the battle that's on us right now. And we're not talking about a physical battle. We're just talking about the fact that this we're in the throes of, of this moment right now. Is that what you meant? Is that what they said?
2: That's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what they said. And of course, you can see it. Just If you travel an airplane, you're still going to see 25 30% of people, morons, masked up. And, uh, and yeah. right in little kids too, it's not the kid's fault. These idiot parents are, are still doing it too. these lemmings that will follow the Pied Piper route down the path to utter and complete destruction. The lemmings are there. Here's here's, and this is why America is the last great hope, uh, for, uh, against the globalist tyranny that will decimate billions. The reason is because we still can defend ourselves from the tyranny of government. When you look at, now watch, when you look at what happened in Canada and the truckers, a peaceful, peaceful, peaceful protest. It doesn't get any more peaceful than, that, than those Canadian truckers, right? Trudeau, that tyrant dictator used guns against them. Now listen, here's, now think of it this way. I, I played hockey for 15 years. I have seen more violence at a single hockey game than I saw in the entirety of those peaceful truckers. And yet Trudeau used bullets against them. And the fact that the Canadians let Trudeau still be sitting at the top of their government, that's your damnation, Canada, yep. that you allow that to keep happening. Yep. They did not back the truckers. Trudeau would have fallen and that would have been the end of the tyranny, but yep. they didn't have weapons to defend themselves against Trudeau and his bullets. Like I said, yep. just remember, I've seen more hot violence at a hockey game than I ever saw out of those peaceful protests with those truckers. In America, okay. they're not gonna get away with that, but there will be chaos, the likes of which we've never seen. And, and here's a story we just saw tonight. There was this old old black guy, was not maybe he's a white guy, was running a, a convenience store. And he's sitting there and this black guy comes around and he starts attacking the guy who then takes out a knife to defend himself, right, and the black guy dies. And they charge that guy that defended himself with a crime instead of saying, instead of saying, listen, you don't want to get stabbed. Don't go attack a poor old man sitting behind the counter. That's what, that's what you're supposed to say. If you, if you start in the law, we call it this. If you start the ball rolling down the hill, you are responsible for the consequences. So don't, you don't want to get stabbed by that guy behind the counter. Don't go behind the counter. You're not supposed to be back there anyway. Right. And then his girlfriend, the guy that died, his girlfriend starts stabbing that guy, the old guy. No. Did she get arrested? I don't think so. No. So this is what we're facing. This is what's going to happen in the cities. I hope you don't live in the city, anybody. But this well, is what's it, going know, to happen in the cities. And, yeah. uh, and on that it's point, coming daughter, now. It's already here.
0: It is. And let's make clear for people to understand, this was over a bag of potato chips. Yeah. I mean, it started with the girlfriend not being able to get a bag of potato chips because she didn't have enough money left on her her, her um, government-funded card, debit card, or whatever that was. <laughs> she went to her boyfriend, complained to the boyfriend. He came in, he goes behind the counter and starts, you know, throttling this guy. Yeah, an old guy, a, an old man. An old guy, a hardworking immigrant who came to the country the right way, did the right thing, runs a business. It's yeah. late at night. What is it, midnight or so that he's out there working, yeah. doing his job, taking care of his place, yeah. and over a bag of potato chips. right. Yeah. If this doesn't, as you mentioned, Father, if this doesn't illustrate where we are, the level that this sort of thing can happen, now some would say, "Oh, that sort of thing has always happened." This is happening a lot more. Right. Just recently, a story of a, uh, like five or sixteen kids, as young as ten, a couple of brothers, yes. were ten and fourteen, beat an old man to death with a traffic cone. Yeah. Okay. Right. This sort of stuff is going on more and more. Now
1: you couple that because with because the they that, can. What was that? I just said because they can. Yeah, because they can. Without fear of yeah. repercussion. Right. We've don't defunded the police.
0: We've defunded the police. We don't press charges with certain crimes, certain looting and, and stealing under $900 in California or wherever. This insanity is only going to get worse right. unless there is this reclamation of America right. through God. And everybody's right. got to get on board with this. And it's got to be done with strength. It's got to be strength. done
1: with boldness and strength. Yeah. You know, our our last week's guest was Jason Jones. He produced one of my favorite films of all time, Uh, Sing a Little Louder. It's only, what, like 13, 14 minutes long? Yeah, it's a great little short film. But the the gist of the story is it's Nazi Germany, and they're they're in a church that's by train tracks. And here comes a, a train filled with Jews that are going to a concentration camp. They're calling out, asking for help. And what does the pastor do? He tr- tries to sing louder. Mm-hmm. He tries to get the organist to play louder. He tries to get the choir to play louder so that it drowns out the, the call of these people who are about to be incinerated yeah. in a concentration camp. Okay. If that doesn't sum up what's going on right now, more effectively, I don't know what pe- people look it up. It, sing a little louder on YouTube. Yeah. It's just amazing. And like I said, it's only like 13, 14 minutes long, but Oh my gosh, does it, is it powerful? To help us understand, because that's what's happening. We have people calling out, and, and, and evil is 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 winning, and and doing their temper tantrums and doing their their uh, their their punishment, their persecution, and the spiritual leaders are telling us to sing a little louder so we don't hear it any longer, you know, or don't you dare use any tone and manner that will offend the Nazis, right? right? You know, because we don't want the Nazis, effect, uh, I'm talking about that film right now, but, you know, we don't want the mob. We don't want the woke. We don't we don't want the influences of our time to get upset with us. So don't dare use tone and manner. Don't dare stress the seriousness of the situation by the way that you express it. Woe to you, Corazon. Woe to you, right? The son of God. Use tone and manner, John the Baptist, you know, you brood of vipers, you know, it's time, it's time for the, for, especially for everybody, but, but the spiritual leaders lead, lead leaders. Okay. Lead. Would you lead and help us all understand how serious this is and that we are not going to sit down and take it.
0: Yeah, I, I just I want to emphasize one key thing here that you said, and Father Altman, you'd said something about this earlier. If you could, whether you both comment on it or you are, already have, whoa, it's not w h o a a whoa 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 what a right. game whoa what a sale at the right. score. It's whoa is in w o e, which is much more of a. This is pretty incredibly serious. Can you break yep. down just briefly? what woe really means and what we should be understanding it to mean.
2: Yeah. I I don't think you're even using nearly enough manner and tone in your description (laughs) of what woe means there, Doug. Uh, And here's how you know it means what it means. Jesus used woe seven times. And each time it means damned are you. God God, damn you is what it actually means. You don't have to take my word for it. Listen to what else Jesus said. Unless, he's talking to the rest of us, unless your righteousness exceeds those guys who are damned, you too shall not get into the kingdom of heaven. Right. In other words, you're damned too. God will damn you also if your righteousness does not exceed theirs. That's what woe means. When he said woe, he, yeah, I think it's one of the funniest lines of all sacred scripture. He says, uh, it's going to go worse for you than it did for Sodom and Gomorrah. And I say to myself, how could it be worse? Abraham right. goes up on the hill overlooking the five cities of the plain, and there's sulfurous smoke flying up from above. There, there's nothing left.
1: Right.
2: How could it be worse than that? When right. Jesus says, "woe," Jesus means, God damned are you. And quit yes. pretending it doesn't mean that, like some pansy that can't speak the truth. That's what Jesus said, and that's what right. Jesus meant. And he applied right. it to us. If we're not more righteous than the shepherds of the church, oh. I don't know. That gives me pause it each day.
0: Yeah. Father, you know I, I, I just real quick, go ahead. I'm but, curious. Um, I'm trying to find it right now and just pulling it up here. Uh, when Jesus is talking about, it's better to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Right. Does he does he start with woe to the one who leads someone someone astray? Is that am I am
2: I am I getting that right? That is very close, if not exactly, what he says. It, those how, those who lead his lands astray, better they get the millstone around their neck and right. thrown in the deep blue sea. Okay, that's really a harsh punishment. Yeah, but better that. Better you get executed. Better you get capital punishment
0: against you. Right. Yeah, the I mean the version right here is. That that is inevitable. Things will come that will cause one to stumble and fall. But woe to anyone through whom they come.
2: Exactly. So you're right. He says,
0: "Woe to you if you lead someone astray." Better to have the millstone or the neck. Which the audience should understand. If you haven't heard this, I learned this years after I'd been hearing that scripture verse. That was a form of capital punishment back then. Yes. Was to drown someone with the millstone because it, it deprived. And to the Jews, that was a big deal because it deprived the body of having a, a proper burial, which is a very, very big deal, especially in the Jewish faith, you, you know, and so you you throw the body, you throw the person into the sea with the millstone and they're gone. You got nothing left. And that was a horrendous way to go. Right. But for him to start off with, woe to the one through whom the scandal comes. Yeah. So woe to you if you are involved in leading someone away from God. I mean, yeah. that's a huge statement right there
1: right and 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 when you are silent in the face of historic mm-hmm. evil make no mistake about it you are leading the lambs the sheep mm-hmm. astray yeah. because you are sanctioning evil by your silence yeah you're you're saying it's fine yeah. for them to go and wander off with whatever the narrative is whatever the ideology is of the time whatever radical secularism is pushing you're fine to do it because the spiritual leaders aren't don't seem to care right. because they're not saying anything or if they do it's in such a mild form that it's more of a recommendation or a suggestion at best you know uh so a- anyway well listen father um I-, I see our time is up um
2: i think we've gone over an hour you're going to have to do some yeah, chopping just up or the or clock and Your it's also time, good but, yeah.
1: Uh, no, that's good, but I, I just want to. Before we end, I want to just say one more time, on behalf of everybody that's watching right now, I love you dearly. I love and I you know too, they brother. do too, and I know they do too, because um, you too, Doug. We're not excluding. You're willing you're gonna, to die. I'm
0: just. I'm in the front. I want to be clear. On this. Oh, you're, you're
1: willing to. Well, this is our guest. You're willing to die. You're willing to put your priesthood on the line. Your your level of of love is that deep, and and everybody's feeling it. That's why I know you're on a plane every, you know, every yeah. other, other day. Yeah. You know, because they can't wait uh, to have you with them. Uh, before we end, too, I, I wanted to get this in. You were just named the chaplain of what now, Father?
2: It's called the uh, Veterans for America First. That's and it's amazing. For veterans. Veterans who a, have given so much. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we've all seen the caskets, and that yes. is some gave all.
1: They gave uh, we've
2: certainly seen through, uh, I think it's Mark Wahlberg that tunnels, t- towers to tunnels, t- uh,
1: tunnels to tower, you tunnels know, to towers, towers to tower, yeah.
2: trying to support these wounded physically. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is it's something like, I don't know, is it 50 a day? Some huge amount of veterans are committing suicide yeah. because spiritually the wound is so deep
1: yeah. and there's
2: nobody taking care of them. The chaplains are absent. The Catholic church has failed. To provide yes. normal chaplains for these. Imagine
1: if this church was strong; that would attract them. That would get their uh, hearts pounding. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. It's not. And so it's uh, I'm really privileged. I've been asked by Admiral Kubik and and others there to to be a chaplain to whom these soldiers can look. That's amazing. To bring Christ's healing love to them, uh, and hopefully spare them and bring them back from the edge. Yep. Uh, and and I can't. You know. I, uh, when when Archbishop Listecki he was bishop of Cross, and he ordained me and he told me that after i served in the diocese for three years i could either choose to go to canon law or i could be a navy chaplain and i i there's no question in my mind that i i would have chosen navy chaplain right and i had i'm the one that brought it up with him and that's why he said that and to now have the opportunity to to serve and bring god's mercy and love to these wounded veterans wounded in spirit uh, is such an incredible privilege, and so bring it on any bishop that tries to stand in my way. Uh, bring it on, uh, I will decimate you uh, because I feel I'm there the love, Father. I feel the love who have who have given their all and yep. need God's love from a chaplain more than ever. And you're not doing it. I know. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. I, I forgot yeah. That. yeah
1: yeah. <coughs> all right. Well, listen, Father. Could you close us with a little prayer?
2: Uh, I, I can. Yeah. Let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have blessed us to be together at this moment in time. You have chosen us for this place in time to be witnesses of our faith, to bring your grace to all those who are seeking that they might find your love and in your love be healed, be led to eternal salvation. Let us continue to be a light. Give us the strength and courage to be witnesses of our faith unto martyrdom. Let us be leavened to heaven. And we ask for this grace in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Father Altman, thank you so much, my friend. Thank Good you. to have you on again.
1: Yeah. Wow, this was great. I, I, this is so important uh, to talk about this. And again, thank you for loving everyone the way you do. God bless you.
2: God bless you all we